Hi, I'm George Techmanshove here with Rod Menzer, the CEO of USA Archery. Rod, thanks for joining us. We've had a, a spectacular couple of weeks of Paralympic archery, and we've got another couple of weeks of spectacular World Championship archery coming up. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join us to talk about some of these things, including the World Archery Congress. My pleasure, George. Uh, thank you. Well, Rod, you know, we've got uh, some uh, tremendous uh, accomplishments by some of our American Paralympians uh, yes. that took place in this past couple of weeks. Um, none less than Kevin Mather, uh, who is yes. the champion of the Paralympic Games. <laughs> yep. Um, but we've also had some other great performances by some of the other shooters. And uh, you've got to be proud uh, as, as Very. Uh, the, you know, I, USA Archery, of course, does everything it can to support its Paralympians. And it paid off once again at these Paralympics, I think. Yeah, you know, the I, I could be more thrilled. It was a lot of sleepless nights watching and, you know, in some cases just watching online, you know, just INSEO app, right? And like watching arrow by arrow kind of come across. And um, But it, you know, there, it was a good team. It was a really, really good team. And um most of them, you know, I mean, again, shot really well. And some, like you said, Kevin, I mean, just fantastic. He shot so good. He was so solid um, through the whole thing. And um, it was, it was just a blast. And it was so nice to actually be able to watch and stream, you know, the streaming of that. So that, that was nice to, to see the recurve matches um, being streamed, but you know, he was, it was just so exciting to, to see that all happen and to see his reactions and, and the incredible joy on his face, you know, and that's what it's all about. And it should be, you know, I mean, the Paralympics, I mean, doesn't get bigger and, and you could just see it in his face, everything about it, you know, the, this the complete joy. And then <laughs> seeing some of the videos and stuff that, and pictures that he would send afterwards, um, that were being forwarded to me were, were just hilarious. You know, um, one that I just, I chuckled and chuckled and chuckled is going through a metal detector, you know, and he's in his chair and his warm up outfit and he's kind of just wheeling through and it goes off and he's like, what? No. Oh, nothing. Oh, and then he unzips his jacket and there's the metal. Right. I mean, it's just, it's like perfect, you know, it's just, it's sheer, you know, just sheer joy. And, and that's what winning a medal at either the Olympics or Paralympics should be all about. And he has shown that and he has been thanking people um, all around. He's, you know, Kevin, Kevin literally um, was one of the archers that truly benefited from the delay. Uh, you know, he had a setback, um, I think it was two years ago or so, and he had to kind of start from scratch again and, and come back. And that extra time, I mean, Kevin trains, I mean, he's a, he's a very good athlete in a lot of sports as anybody who's following and recognizes. Um, but he, um, he trains hard. He works hard. Um, he takes it very, very serious. And, and most of them do, you know, I mean, people don't realize how hard they train and how difficult for some of them it is to train. Um, you know, especially once they need an agent, you know, um, in order to get their arrows and do different things. But even just wheeling their chairs for some of them that are in chairs across the grass can be difficult um, depending on the field and how hard it is or how tall the grass is. So, I mean, there's so many different pieces to, to them being able to train and, and he trains hard. And so it was great to see all of that, um, you know, come together. I mean, Eric Bennett shot well, 
um, there. You know, he had one little mishap on an arrow. Otherwise, we could have seen two people in those semis, and it would have been great to see all of that. But he just, you know, he shot really good. And, you know, Leah Coriel, I mean, Leah, Leah wasn't sure she, you know, she was hurt by the delay. you know, she was one of those, but she, she wasn't sure she'd be able to be there. And she was, and not only was she there, but she shot phenomenal. She shot personal best. She set a continental record, um, you know, made it into the, uh, the semis, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, took forth, but she, she couldn't be happier, more excited, um, than, uh, than, than she was. Yeah. I mean, it's just taking, taking a fourth place at the Paralympic Games is absolutely a huge accomplishment, making it to the finals. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, Eric, um, who's a personal friend of mine, um, you know, he had a tough break, like you pointed out, but he shot well. Um, you know, and this did. is his fourth, his fourth really Paralympic did. Games. Um, just such a close match against uh, the fellow from China, uh, Li Xi Xiao. And, um, you know, that's the same guy who had, uh, uh, gone up against uh, Kevin in the final, but, yep. um, yep. you're looking at, you know, Eric just fighting through to the one eighth round had such a close match. Yes. Um, and you know, he's got heart and all of our athletes in the Paralympic games do. And I think that I, Kevin or Eric is absolutely, um, just one of those people that, is such a great representative of, of our, of our Paralympic program and our yep. USA archery programs. And, um, just want to give him a shout out because, uh, just well done, you know? Yes. And, and, and um, you know, I know he was saying, or at least the announcer was saying this was going to be his last one. And I say, Eric, three years, it's only three years. You got yep. one more in you, you know, yep. go for it. And I agree a hundred percent. You know, he has done everything and he wants that medal and, you know, um, go for it. And, um, you know, I'm sure Kevin would love the competition and, uh, you know, bring it. And there's a lot of other guys that can make that team too, but, but Eric is phenomenal. He's, he's got the, um, he's got all the talent in the world and, um, I, I hope he sticks around and tries it again in Paris. Absolutely. And, you know, let's, let's also consider our, our compound guys, um, you know, guys like Andre Shelby, yeah, um, yeah. you know, with this, who was the defending champion coming into this yep. thing. And of course, Matt Stutzman. Um, yeah, what can they, you say about Matt, who's, who's just raised the level of Paralympic archery to the world stage from the standpoint of the media attention that he gets? You know, he's, he is such an iconic guy. Um, he, you know, my, my best friend, yeah. Yoshi Komatsu, his son, um, won the contest for Tokyo school children, uh, for artwork to be submitted before the Olympic games, before the pair, you know, before the pandemic started, he chose his subject to be Matt Stutzman. That's, <laughs> that's who, that's who he chose to be his yeah. image for Tokyo 2020. And you think about that and, and the impact that that guy has worldwide. Um, yeah, he didn't win this time around, but you know what? No, they were top he, 10 though. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm sorry. Some people are like, oh, if you don't win a medal, it's nothing. But I'll tell you what. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, you you've got to make it to the team first, which we have a very strong field in in you know in compound and and then you've got to go through the entire process, right? And you got to compete against everyone. And and 
just doing that alone is a heck of an accomplishment. I know some of them are going to be disappointed, but you know, they had the, you know, bigger dreams or goals, but quite honestly, you know, they did good. I mean, and they, it, you know, sometimes yeah. it's just a, the way it breaks, you know, um, even, even but, when our guys took losses, they had some of the highest scoring matches like Kevin Polish, uh, you know, yeah. he, he had yeah. one of the highest scoring matches on the field and, you know, he still lost, but you cannot complain about the score. And um, yes. just these guys, they did a tremendous job. And I, I know that uh, all our listeners congratulate, not just to the American Paralympians, but everybody who made it to that stage in Tokyo. Uh, yes. Not an easy, not an easy thing to do. And, yep. and uh, you know, inspirational as always. So, yeah. And, you know, and Emma Rose throwing down some tens in the mixed team with Eric, you know, that was great to watch too. So for sure, um, you know, they did their best um, in that. So yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. They, the team did so good. I was so proud of them. Um, I didn't mind losing sleep because, you know, the time, oh, the time zones were just killers, you know, to follow the stuff live. You're up all night basically. And then you're working all day. So you, you get well, no sleep, but it was you know, so I, much fun. I will say that uh, taking it to the subject of the Olympic games as a enterprise, the IOC must probably be pretty happy that the next few Olympic games um, other than Beijing uh, world, excuse me, the Beijing yeah. winter games, yep. uh, the next few summer games are going to be in time zones that are accessible to TV viewers um, who are tending to be uh, among the higher viewership numbers for the games, Europe and, and the Americas. And I think right. that uh, as a result, um, you know, with Paris and of course, Los Angeles coming up, uh, those are going to be a little more accessible in terms of live TV coverage <laughs> than, than what we saw. Yeah. UPS makes a delivery and rings the doorbell and the both dogs go berserk, right? So. Well, you know, that's, that's what Sorry. they're for. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they're yeah. doing their job. They're doing their job. <laughs> so, pick, death, yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> If you're if you're a smart UPS guy, you keep bacon in your pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Yes. So you know we've got uh, we've got a lot to talk about regarding what's happening in Yankton in the next couple of weeks, um, starting with the World Archery Congress, which you know Rod World Archery Congress every every couple of years comes together. Um, you know, more than 150 countries, there's 162 countries in world archery and more than 150 send either delegates or proxies to the Congress. This one's going to be one of the bigger ones. And it's yes. got a lot on its agenda besides the reelection of some people or election of some people to key positions. Um, there are a number of proposals and both you and I as target archers are looking at those proposals and going, Hmm, those are interesting. Don't know how uh -huh. I feel about some of it but I understand the reason behind it all. So maybe it's a opportunity for us to chat a little bit about some of those things and talk about the practical impact that they could have if they were to pass. The first one being, and, and, and you know, as we talked with Tom Dillon back in April and May, these are interconnected proposals. So yes. let's take it from the, you know, 30,000 foot view and drill down a little bit. The goal is to reduce the number of days required to have major archery events because it's expensive to have events that go five, six, seven days. 
That's mm -hmm. the goal, yes. right? Yep. And so some of the ideas that are being proposed are how can we make this event happen more quickly and save cost without taking away from the competitive experience and without reducing or creating um, a gap uh, that could be prohibitive to club shooters who want to participate in the same type mm -hmm. of round, making it right. harder for recreational shooters to shoot the round that is shot. Not, not at these events, but you know, at club shoots, because yeah. if, if you're a club member and you're shooting 144 arrow round and suddenly the target becomes smaller, it's going to be tougher. And mm -hmm. so, yes. you know, going through these things in order, um, the first proposal is to reduce the size of our classic 122 centimeter target face to 100 centimeters. For only two it's divisions. Correct. Right? And you're absolutely right. Because Barebow, for example, would have the, would continue to have the 122. Yep. Now, yep. having two target faces for the, you know, major category, that adds some issues, but we'll, we'll get there. Then you also have a proposal to reduce the number of arrows from 72 arrows outdoors to 60 arrows, just like we have indoors now. Yeah. And then you have another proposal which reduces the amount of time available to shoot an end of three arrows or six yes. arrows. Yeah. And finally, yeah. And finally, you have a proposal to reduce, or excuse me, you have a proposal to add. 11 ring scoring to compound. Yes. The reason for these particular changes of target size, time, and scoring is so that you don't have as many ties which take time to shoot. And the reason for the time change, of course, is strictly because by the end of a day, you're saving a certain amount of minutes that adds up over the course of multiple days. And you eventually get to a point where you can remove one day from a world championship. That's really the bottom line here. You can, you can cut down a world championship by one full day. Yeah. Now, the, the, the problems that come with it are needing to have multiple types of target faces. Yes. Needing to have multiple means of scoring. Yeah. Needing to have um, the ability to get your arrows off faster. All mm -hmm. of those things have, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Well, it's 60 arrows instead of 72. I don't yeah. know if you mentioned that one yeah. too. Yep, so, a yeah. reduced number of arrows. That's right. So going yep. to 60 instead of 72, just like we have indoors. Mm -hmm. Now, the positive aspect of that is all your rounds will be the same. Your indoor rounds and your outdoor rounds, it's all 60 arrows. That's, right. that's easier to understand for a lot of people. It also means all new records because now you have, you know, a 60-arrow base, 600 points. Uh, unless you're talking about compound in which case it would be 660 points. Right. Uh, you know, all that sort of thing comes into play. Positives and negatives. How does, yes. how does Rod Menzer feel about this from a personal standpoint, not, not putting on <laughs> your USA hat? Well, I'm trying to keep my personal opinion out of it as much as possible, but I Fair have enough. been, I have been at the last couple events, especially at national championships and, and at the uh, Buckeye um, was talking to athletes. And I've also asked other athletes to talk about it and to give me the general consensus that they hear. And 
and just trying to, to understand because I understand what world archery is trying to do. And I also know that generally archers and stuff like that, they, they don't like to see change. That's just people in general. They don't like to see change. Um, so sometimes you have to make changes for the right reasons and uh, regardless. Um, but I also wanted to kind of see what people had to say about it all. And, and in general, I mean, the hundred centimeter face would be for, um, you know, juniors and senior class cadets and masters or excuse me. Yeah. Master women cadets and Baribo would still shoot 122. So you'd see, you know, multiple faces, another face to inventory and potentially screw up and put the wrong face on a wrong target, which then creates its own set of issues. But, um, you know, it, it is something that I get, but I am concerned, like you said, on the grassroots side of it. Um, you know, if you start, um, if you start shooting a lot more zeros or, or low scores, you know, what does that do? And so, so, you know, concern there as far as that 60 arrows to 72, I don't see that as a big deal. And most athletes didn't see it as a big deal. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, new records, but that's been done before rounds have been retired all the time. Um, I mean, just look at the FIDO, right? Uh, so think things it's not retired, but you're just not using it in general, but you know, it's, it's, it's there. Um, the compound scoring to 11 in general, uh, the vast majority of people were in favor of that. Um, really? Yeah, believe it or not, I, I was surprised. There were some people that were were concerned um, because, oh my gosh, now scoring is going to be harder. And my my head, it's easy to score right now because, you know, hey, the sixty is a perfect you know perfect end, right? And if I'm three points off, it's a fifty-seven. That's easy. Where now you got to kind of think through it in your head again because it's eleven. <laughs> Yeah, which but, we've been doing in field archery for quite a while correct, now. Uh, correct. Know. We we have we've gone to the six, right? We had to do that, and then if you look at other um, large events too that are out there, especially in the indoor side, where they are, you know, there are some that are scoring eleven. So it, it's not something that is is unknown, and people see it, but they, you know, I think some of the high performing athletes look at it like, man, I I sh I, I shot a ton of um, X's, uh, but. I don't get any credit for it. Right. And, and, or there's the, the famous, okay, we had tie scores, but you had one more bad arrow than I did. So you are actually ahead of me because you have more tense. Right. And right. this helps to, to change that potentially because the person who is shooting generally the most X's is going to have the highest score. Uh, so it rewards and better it, it, precision. It, correct. it does and, do that. And if you do have that arrow that gets caught in the wind or whatever happens to be, um, you actually have a chance to make up for it and come back where in some cases in the past you couldn't right? with X yeah. count. Yeah. So in general, um, and I was really surprised when I went to the, to the junior men um, and I literally was like, okay guys. And it must've been 30 of them standing there. And I kind of told them about this and they're all like, yes, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, so that one, I, I'm again, they, seemed to be, you know, fine with that. Although some were concerned about the scoring. Um, and they also, there, there was a few folks that definitely had some concerns. We, we have, we have some shooters out there right now that, I mean, they just pound the, the X string, right? I mean, just, and, and so others, are they going to have a chance to beat them? 
you know, because it, it's going to create a bigger gap potentially. Yeah, correct. Correct. You will not see as many upsets. There's no question about that. So, so does that make it less exciting and just make, um, you know, a case of the rich getting richer in the sense of um, a few top performers. But again, I look at that across the board. I mean, we've seen that every time we've changed from grand feeders, all that stuff, right? There's, there's certain people that are going to shoot better, but everybody rises to the occasion, right? They just change, sure. they change what they do. So, so I don't know yet, um, but, but I have been getting a lot of feedback and that's been the feedback on the scoring to 11. Uh, the time change across the board they're the only people that are in favor of the time change on the compound side recurve doesn't really care so much um, from what i you know overall um, and what i was hearing but on the compound side the only people that were like yeah let's do it were those that shall we say punch <laughs> right they're like yeah right. i could do that and then others who don't uh with wind and conditions they were like man there's there's it's just no room. You can't wait through it. You got to try muscle through it and it's going to cause you problems. Um, and so the vast majority of were very against the time limit change. Well, I think you get a lot more benefit from going to 60 instead of 72 than you get from, you know, the, yep. obviously the two together give you the most benefit, but uh, yes, but yes. I do think that but, uh, it's, it's already pretty tight timing as it stands today. If it is windy. Correct. Correct. For Absolutely. Compound. Absolutely. Those, Especially know. for compound. Yes. Yeah. Because us recurve guys, you know, if you're not cranking them off fast, you're you're not doing it right. So. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I, you know, I've shot both as you have, and and it is so much easier to shoot in wind with a recurve. It doesn't mean your score is going to be better. But no, no, it's no. But it's to easier, to, wind. easier to shoot. Yeah. I mean, correct. you don't have to Versus worry about the wind compound. knocking. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. So to me, that's kind of the the big thing that I was kind of, you know, hearing from, from folks. So, you know, 100 centimeter face, I think there's positives, there's negatives, uh, 60 euros instead of 72. It's not really a big deal. Um, although it's just, a, it's a round change again. Um, and that compound scoring um, to 11, that didn't seem to be that big of a deal, but the time was a, a problem for a lot of folks. Sure. All right. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the U S will have a vote um, in, yep. in the Congress and uh, every other country has a vote after that voting takes place. We'll see where these proposals go, but even if Congress votes for them, it is actually up to the executive committee, the executive right. board yeah. to actually implement the changes. They can choose to yep. do this any way they, they want to um, from the standpoint of, maybe having a few test events before they finalize something like this. So, you know, right. this is not, this is certainly not written in stone. Uh, nobody listening to this and, podcast should go, Oh, they're going <laughs> to do this or they're going to no. do that. These are proposals. And correct. Um, correct. We'll they're see proposals. what happens when they're just, and that's why you have a Congress so they can discuss these yep. and the Very evidence can be brought before them. And stories like what you just told us where they, you, you've polled athletes and talked to them. Mm -hmm. Those will be told. And, uh, Hey, look, George, how many times have they looked at, you know, the hit and miss target and all these changes, right? Yeah. Um, the vast majority of motions that go in front of Congress um, are defeated. Correct. You know, they just don't happen. And, Correct. And people need to understand that motions can be brought 
by any federation, right? So Correct. It, it yeah, you're Here's just an example. proposing example. something, and, but if you can't, if you don't get support, they're, they're voted down, and that's the end of it. The other yeah. one I thought that was interesting um, was the um, kind of the the change um, in um, uh, what do they what do they term it? Um, it's going to like U U twenty one or Fifty plus, yeah. you know, yes. under eighteen. They have, um, they have a proposal in there for age categories. It's motion yes, number there seven. You go. Thank you. And yep. um, and and what they're looking at here is actually fairly complex, but basically it would be under twenty one. Yeah. Um, you already have an under eighteen. Mm -hmm. Um, so it would be basically instead of calling it juniors, they're going to call it under twenty one. Um, yep. Instead of cadets, it's going to be called under 18 Correct. for, for your masters. It's going to be called 50 plus instead of masters. Right. And for, um, I, I think that covers it because, you know, basically, Correct. And, yep. and, and this is in keeping and it would just like be soccer and, women, and some other right? sports, right? Yep. Yeah. It would exactly. be just men and women. Yep. So you have your um, world field championships under 21 instead of juniors. Uh, all the categories yep. would stay the same. Under 21 would be the new phrase. 50 plus would be the new phrase for masters. Masters. Yeah. Um, now, I, you know, I, I think that is an interesting thing because it makes it a little clearer. It uh, does. You know, the word junior is a little tough to understand. Um, well, junior cadet. Because it's changed senior. a couple of times. Yeah, it's changed a couple of times, right? And, and yeah, that's yeah. the other problem is you, you say senior. Exactly. So senior you know, that's is your, an interesting one to me. And I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we yeah, are. See, in, in, for so in, many people, senior in, is uh, old, right? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, for example, so. <laughs> um, in other sports, I shoot, I shoot a sport called Steel Challenge, which is an action pistol sport. Senior mm -hmm. is somebody over a certain age. Right. And I think it's over 60, maybe, but, um, you know, in archery, of course, senior is your, your premier category. So making that change could actually be a pretty good idea. Um, and therefore your, your categories would be, you know, recurve women, recurve men, and then under 21 for men and women for what used to be junior 50 plus for master and under 18 for what used to be called cadet. This actually makes sense to me, this proposal. Yeah, it to me, it makes a lot of sense. It's just clearer. Yeah, we're yeah. all going to have to get used to it. You know, it's just, again, it's a change. Some people won't like it, but I think once, I think it is much clearer for anybody coming into the sport, as well as anybody from the outside looking in. Oh, for um, sure. For media, it would be a lot clearer because, you oh, know, yeah, how do you describe right now? Not, you know, if you're, if you're kind of a, you know, a regular archer and somebody asks you to define junior versus cadet. Well, there's been changes in that in the last 10 years. So how do you define it? You know, for the average person, it might be difficult. This makes it crystal clear. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that one, hopefully that one gets some traction. Another one, yeah. uh, you know, we alluding to your point that any federation can make any proposal they want. Mm -hmm. um, Sweden has made a proposal, uh, and you'd expect this to come from Sweden. Uh, yes. you know, the bare bow class does not have a world championship in target archery, uh -huh. but, um, you know, there's been a lot of growth in bare bow. So Sweden thinks there should be a bare bow world championship. 
or add world championship to Barebow, excuse me, add Barebow to the current world championship. Right. Now, uh, if, if we had Bruce Cull on the line and you told him you needed to add another 600 shooters, I think, <laughs> I think we'd hear the explosion from where yeah. you are and where I am. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it is an area of, of great growth, um, within sure. uh, world archery and, and USA archery and everything else, right. Barebow is, is definitely growing. For sure. I, I do think the, the biggest challenge for that one will be the expense for so many federations. Um, if you add an entire, I mean, you're, you're talking about increasing your cost to every world championship by probably a third, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty substantial for a lot of federations. Um, you know, they have a hard enough time sending both recurve and compound. And so sending um, recurve compound and barebow teams to world championships, I think you will, you would see quite a few that would probably not send barebow teams, even though it's a class there. And, and that's just purely for financial reasons. Um, not because, to mention what would happen to trying to find venues for championship yes. events. Well, and again, you're talking about or adding days to the world championships, right? Yeah. When at the same um, time, the goal is to try to reduce some of the cost. Uh, correct. You know, so, so I think now. this this one, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, the Target Archery Committee, you know, took a look at it. Um you know, so they're, they're kind of looking at some of the stuff again, costs and budget increases for all of the events. And, and that is, uh, I know, a big concern for world archery in general is the bigger these events are and the more streaming and all the requirements, uh, the harder it is to find folks because they're very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very expensive to do. And you, you get to a point to where you, you can't find organizers. Right. Uh, just because of the, that increase in cost. And then, of course, like you, as you mentioned, the venue size. Um, so it, it would be, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens here. And I know there's a, a world archery call um, to kind of talk about all the different pieces. Um, but this one, I'm not so sure if it's going to pass just because there's going to be quite a few federations that are just going to be like, look, we, you know, no. Um, yeah. That, that I mean, my personal opinion is this not important, time, but my, you know, my yeah. personal view is that Barebow already has a world uh, championship. It's called the world field championship. And it's that true. is the premier event for Barebow. It is, it is the, and, and 3d, you know, it's there yeah. as well. So, yeah. you know, I, it's also at the I, world I games it. too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I, I see it, I get it. I understand it. Um, and it's It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, yeah, but yes, you're right. Sweden, I would expect it from. Yeah, uh, from but them. you know, I mean, there's no doubt the quantities of shooters participating in Barebow are definitely on on the upswing. Uh, yes, the churn the yes. churn level is the churn level is pretty high. The churn level is remarkably high in uh, in yeah. Barebow, which is partly a function of what happens when you try to shoot a bow without a clicker. But uh, yeah, we don't need to go there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> a little target pack can creep in, but. But it is an area of, of great growth. It was nice to get them added to the rule book um, so they get records. And we've seen American barebow shooters set an incredible amount of world records um, since then. Um, you know, so, but it, it will be interesting. I think, you know, again, a lot of the federations just 
I mean, it's, it's not just purely on popularity. There's times when, you know, again, they're trying to get compound in the Olympics. Um, right. And so it's in world cups, it's in all that stuff. So compound and recurve, that's where people are focusing their time. And as do you know, there's a lot of countries who don't focus a lot of time on compound purely because it's not in the Olympics. Correct. Again, for budgetary reasons, they just do not have the resources to do all. So they just focus on recurve. Yep. Um, you, know, so we, that, you know, obviously it, Korea it, has, uh, now that it's been added to Asian games, so now it's in all of the continental games. Yeah. Uh, Korea has come out swinging on compound. So, yeah. you know, others, yeah. others are to follow, you know, um, yep. and, you know, we're working uh on on increasing that and and creating a situation where compound really can have a a place for itself at the olympic games in the future and uh, it takes a building block of you know regional then continental and then world and then from there you know so this would be the logical building block if you wanted to see barebo at a bigger stage down the road but uh it's got to compete on on a head-to-head level with everything else and it's not an easy thing when you're talking about a limited budget for the, some of these events and you know as bruce and Brittany told us in our last podcast the world championship in yankton uh it's it's at capacity from the standpoint of what can be done having it at a specific venue and that's the world's biggest archery center that it's being held at so right. yeah you know i mean it's it's uh it's great that everybody's turning out and it's great that there's going to be a a great turnout for Yankton, but uh, adding another third, as you point out, that is a tough road to hoe and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, this is a proposal. It's not, uh, it's not written in stone. It's the kind of yeah. thing that will be yeah. discussed and it'll be refined and, you know, potentially in the future we may see it, but um, I, I think it's a lot of questions have to be answered in order to make it practical to make something like that happen. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Speaking of Yankton, hey, it's it's uh, maybe we might never see another time when we have the World Archery Congress, the World Championship, and the World Cup final all in the same venue and all in the United States. Pretty exciting. Yes, it is. It is. And I know I, I know uh, Yankton, they've been working really, really hard. Um, because of all the challenges throughout the world, right. And making this event happen. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is great, um, because they can hold it there. There's a lot of support there and, um, it just makes sense. It makes sense to put all that together. And I'm thrilled that it's here in the United States. Um, I know a lot of our athletes are, are real happy too, because they can, they can actually have family go and watch them. You know, it's, yep. you know, they don't have to you know, spend a lot of airfare, uh, things. It's, it's pretty easy. So quite a few of them can drive. Right. And so they get this, to have people watch them that they have never had watch them before. So I think this will potentially cool. be the first event that world athletes have had in the entire last 18 months that will actually have an audience and the atmosphere that that brings. Yes. Yep. Because yep. it's undeniable that the, uh, you know, look, it's heartbreaking to me personally because I know so many of the volunteers and staff in Japan that worked so hard to put on the Olympic games and the Paralympic games. Yes. And they, and they built a beautiful venue and they did. And and it didn't get used properly because, you know, I'm not going to argue with the decisions that were made, but that venue was built for an audience. And those athletes were denied the experience of having a live audience. 
Yankton looks, yeah, and, it's going to make yeah. up for that to some degree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think I'm personally excited to be participating in an event again like this and uh, looking forward to everybody coming out and, and people like Brady, who honestly thrive off an audience, being able to yeah. do what they do at the, in the best conditions for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know Chris Schaff was real excited for the finals. And I mean, his, you know, his kids, his wife, they, they're going to see him shoot. Um, you know, they've seen him shoot at indoor events and the other, you know, things, but, but not, shall we say on a world stage and, yeah. and this, so, so for, they for, for sure, that. for sure. A guy like Chris Schaff shooting in Vegas. I mean, that's certainly yeah. an example, but you know, not, not the same kind of atmosphere you get same. at a big outdoor event, you know? Correct. Correct. And, uh, I think Rod, um, there is such a thing as a home team advantage. And I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. We can expect some good stuff because USA Archery is sending the A teams for everything. We we do have a very very good um, team. There's no question about that. You know that every time you get into the fall, um, I always worry when it comes to World Championships um, because so many of our our compounders in particular, and then the recurvers, so many of them hunt and they start they start going out hunting and and uh, you know, it, it, it can affect their overall performance because they're not necessarily sh- practicing for the, for the event. But I, I really believe this time around, it's going to be very different than what we saw actually in Mexico city. And, you know, I had so many athletes actually tell me that same thing. It's like, well, I haven't been shooting as much as I would have liked to. And I'm like, it's for a world championship, you know, scratch my head. Um, but this time around, I know they're going to be prepared and quite honestly, in talking with our recurvers, uh, there were so many of them that were truly worn out, and it showed in um, it showed in Tokyo, where you know because of the way the USOPC changed our trials, and we ended up having to push them to the absolute last minute instead of having them earlier. They didn't have the break, right? They had to peak to the trials. And then immediately following that, they had to continue their peak through the final qualifier and then the Paris World Cup and then go straight into Tokyo. And that is really, really, really difficult to peak that long. Yep. And especially after such a long time off. Correct. They, they, you know, living out of suitcases, it was a big grind and they were worn out. They were tired, physically exhausted, mentally exhausted. And, um, you know, not making excuses from because I, I still think, I mean, they, again, they shot really well and did well there, even though we didn't take a medal. Um, but when they got back, when I saw them like Buckeye and stuff, I mean, they were all just like, I am so tired. I am just exhausted. So for sure now they've had a little bit of a break. Um, I know Brady's been training hard. Um, I don't know if anybody saw his field score, by the way, but he was destroying hopes and dreams over there in, in, uh, in Europe at the fields. So uh, just absolutely having a, a beautiful, he loves field and to him, that's a break, but he's still shooting his bow and uh, he shot phenomenal. I mean, like, Oh my gosh, his scores were just ridiculously good. Um, so, you know, he's, you know, talking with him, he's ready to go and, and training and practicing and had that little mental break that he needed to have. And he's looking forward to, um, to a really good world championships and absolutely 
Absolutely. And I, yeah. I am personally looking forward to seeing everybody back together again after all this time and uh, hopefully seeing you there, Rod. And uh, we will I will be there the entire time. Well, we will definitely get together uh, when you have time for maybe uh, a couple of podcasts during the event so we can, you know, bring some of the uh, action back to the listeners and take it from there. So I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I'm uh, happy to do it. That would be great. Um, I look forward to it. It's going to be, they're going to be great events and we're going to do well. So anybody who's listening and thought about maybe going and seeing some world-class archery, uh, go to Yankton, get in the stands, uh, wear your shirts. Um, wave those flags. Wave the flags. You got it. And uh, yell and scream. Uh, cheer your Cheer your team on. Absolutely looking forward to it. Rod Menzer, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm really looking for, oh, guess who just joined us? Oh. I, I, I see. Guess whose I wife's going to be there? Now, he can't hear us quite yet, but uh, <laughs> guess who is about to join us on the podcast? Making his, his uh, what, maybe fourth appearance of the year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve Anderson, you're still on mute. There you go. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you do sound. Okay. So, Rod, Steve, Steve spent the weekend working over Labor Day in the yeah. backyard and got a big hit of both wildfire smoke and pollen. Steve, count out to three for us so we can hear your lovely tone. <clears throat> One, two, three. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, Steve, we, uh, we, we, uh, Rod and I, uh, have, have pretty much worked out the problems of the world and, um, <laughs> recognizing that, uh, you know, we've been waiting for you. Uh, basically there's one thing that the listeners need to know, and that is your prognostication as to your proposal for world archery Congress to require everyone to use field quivers instead of target quivers. How do things stand today from that perspective? Well, this sport's about 30 years behind where it should be. So <laughs> we will not, we will not be making this a rule at this Congress. Maybe in 30 years, we'll finally come to our senses and ban forward arrow facing quivers for numerous reasons. Primarily safety, but that's not going to happen today or next week. I'm, I'm disappointed well, to hear that you're giving up the, the campaign. Rod, what do you think? Well, Steve, Steve know, knows that I uh, kind of like those forward-facing quivers. <laughs> but he's also the, uh, the guy who every single time goes, oh, I've got one. And yeah, I, yeah, I know you. Yeah. So he, um, I am one of those old guys that likes it. I like looking down at my arrows instead of reaching back for them and then twisting around and looking at the number and then pulling it out. I like to just look down and grab it. But uh, yeah, um, the, the campaign was a valiant uh, fight, Steve. Um, yeah. But uh, I can't say that I'm super sorry, but it is getting very, very difficult to find really good, like, you know, the other part, 
is I carry a lot of junk in there, right? Because I don't have the big heavy stool. So I carry it all in the pockets of those. And you can put so much more junk in those than you can on the, uh, the field crow. So, I mean, yeah. The only, the only other thing that's worse than a forward-facing target quiver is <laughs> using a left-handed forward-facing target quiver to face <laughs> rearward as a right-handed archer, like Paige Pierce does. She yeah. wants so badly to be cool and have a field quiver, but she needs that like 30 pounds of carrying capacity. <laughs> if she uses one of those and just owns the fact that she looks funny. <laughs> Awkwardly, we were about to bring up the subject of the women's compound team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, Steve, what's Linda doing to get ready to represent the USA at Yankton? Uh, mostly shooting her bow. That's it, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was she well, out well, there? Um... While Steve excavates and, uh, and, and, yeah. and, and gets whatever he's got in his throat right now. This is true. This is true. <laughs> well, I know, I know the ladies were practicing team, too, at Nationals. Um you know, they were, they're in it. They're, they're ready to go. And it's a, it's a really, really strong team. I mean, our entire squad is, is good. I mean, the men's team is solid. The recurve solid men's and women's is good and young. Um, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I, I expect really, really good things out of everyone um, at the world championships. I really do. Honestly. Yeah. You know, women's compound when I was, Oh, probably about five years ago or so. It was it was not our strongest team. They didn't make a whole lot of medal matches, and now, you know, that has flipped entirely. They they're expected to win. If they don't, it's a failure. Yeah, yeah, and they take it serious because they don't want to let anybody win, right? Um, I mean, sort it's, of the they're sort of the Korean women of compound these days on a, yeah, on a they, certain they, level. You know, and I know the compound guys are all going to get mad at me, but, um, you know, it's been better a while. Than, since, better them than having the women mad at you, Rob. Yeah, it, it's been a while since we've won the, um, you know, gold at, in men's uh, compound team. Mm, 2017. But yet, but well, yet yeah, we've, a while. <laughs> we've, uh, we've had some. World championships. Yeah, even World Cups, though, Steve. Uh, well, I wasn't there. I can't help you with that. <laughs> now that's going to change next you know, year. We though. have we have really really solid teams, right? Always, um, but still. But the women have taken it, I think, as a, as a personal like. No, it's not. I'm not going to be that team that is going to change things. You know, they they really are going to give it their all, and so hopefully, hopefully they'll uh, they'll continue to follow suit and and uh, bring it home. Yep. You got Alexis Ruiz representing the United States along with Paige Pierce and Linda Ochoa Anderson. And yeah. that's as competitive a team as you can as you can have when you look at some of the other teams. Now, Columbia is going to possibly be uh, one of the highly competitive women's teams. Korea, of course, um, you know, not sending a full compound team to this event. Um, but they've got, you know, a powerhouse in So Che Won who's going to be there. And uh, I expect that we'll see quite a fight. You got Natalia Avdieva, the defending world champion. 
Um, you've got Sophie Dodimont from France, who's always a consistent competitor. Uh, Turkey has some up and coming women compound shooters. So I think women's compound is going to be a highly competitive event in Yankton. They all are. Yeah, they all you're right. are. You're right. Um, but, but it'll, you know, I'll take my chances um, with the ladies we've got. And yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I don't, if I had to pick a team, it's, it's hard to pick three other ladies that you'd want on it. I mean, totally agreed. If, if I was picking literally from the world, I would be like, well, let's see. Um, yeah. Those three. Um, so I'm, I'm very encouraged. Uh, Steve, I know politically you really have a hard time um, really saying what's on your mind, but we were talking about some of these motions um, at, that are coming to Congress. And I'm real curious as to uh, your impression or your thoughts on some of those motions as an athlete. Now you've yeah. got it, Rod. Uh-huh. I, uh, well. Let's start with the 11. I, I have not been asked as an athlete by anybody. Rio Wild has verbally asked me, but it would have been nice if they would have sent out a survey to the current athletes and, you know, I would say active members of uh, the world archery compound categories to discuss the, the potential rule changes and just have that as a, a data point, because right now it's just a bunch of, bunch of people who don't compete that are going to be voting on this. So a few people will go and get info. A few others will do whatever they've been getting a lot. Doing. I haven't sent out a survey yet, but I have been getting an awful lot of feedback. Um, I've been yeah. asking at the events and, and asking other people to give it to me. And I've had some emails where people have sent it to me after they've talked to some other people and stuff, but um, I've been doing it kind of in person because that way I could kind of hear what they have to say. Sometimes the survey is just a yes or a no, but I wanted to hear the reasons behind it. Right. Um, yeah. I just wish World Archery would, would send out an official poll, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what is your thoughts on the 11? I think it's dumb. Okay. I'm not and a then, fan of scoring the 11 ring. This becomes a bow tuning competition more than anything now. Um, and beyond that, it's not an easy follow for the spectator. If you want to make it X rings confined, do it. Call it the 10 ring. You know, that's yeah. that's the way to do so it. So go to inner 10 would be Steve Anderson's choice. Is that what I'm hearing? No, absolutely not. That would not be my choice. My choice would be just to move the thing back to 60 meters and stop worrying about the arbitrary number that's attached to it right now because of the quote unquote club shooters that they pretend to care about. The club shooters. It's going to be hard for them at 50 meters. It's going to be hard for them at 60 meters. And, and obviously, I'm not talking all club shooters, but the ones that are going to struggle at 50 or at 60, they're struggling at 50. So just move this round. Why do we? Why did we do 70 meters and not 60 meters for recurve? Recurve is really freaking hard, way harder than compound. So why is it not at 60 meters? We're working with arbitrary numbers entirely. We at least have known data points from 50 meters to know that it's a stacked up wad of scores around the 705 mark. So just move it to 60 meters and we'll solve a lot of the problems. Well, there you go, everyone. Well, in um, all and seriousness, that's, that, I mean, that's the reason no. why I ask these questions, right? It's not just a yes or a no, but 
well, what is the reasoning behind it? You know, and I think it's good to hear a lot of perspectives. So, uh, the, Steve, uh, time. Change the time. Uh, Four to three. Doesn't bother me. I, uh, it'd be interesting if you change it to three minutes on those windy days, but you know, on, on a, in a normal condition or good conditions or even kind of bad conditions, I'm usually coming off the line with a minute and a half left at least. Yeah. I think, so. I think the big thing there is wind, right? Um, you get the real windy days, uh, you're, there's just no time right yeah. to let down much so and, and shooting a b line i don't i don't like that i i would say leave the time as is you know what are you shaving um 24 minutes off the round by doing that yeah uh At 60 euros instead of 72 again i don't care about that that's fine whatever again that's an arbitrary number 72 so 60 might as well be our new arbitrary number that we latch on to 100 centimeter versus the 122 on the recurve Sounds hard to me. I thought we cared about the club shooter. <laughs> uh, Barebo in the world championships. Yes. Yes. Did I hear yes? Yeah, dude. Bring him in. Barebo's exciting to watch. That it is. That it is. No question about it. Yeah, I won't deny um, that. Uh, it's more interesting to see what happens when people are either dead center or in the grass. I, I, I agree. So watch, watch a YouTube video of compound or recurve and read the comments. What's the, what's the first thing people comment? That there's too much stuff hanging off the bows. Wrong. That's the second thing. First thing is how far away is it? The second thing is there's too much stuff hanging off the bows. So give them what you got they me. want. You're right. Give them the bare bows. <laughs> and then they'll be like oh i see why they hang that stuff off the bows it's a lot more accurate so <laughs> now there's three categories of accuracy involved in this game it'd be fun to watch though yeah it is it is undeniable by the way your point um that is the number one question how far away is it uh, which kind of points to tv not doing a very good job with that particular subject in my opinion or youtube descriptions or people not reading or listening Mostly people about. not reading this thing. You can tell them exactly what it is and they wouldn't pay attention. Mm -hmm. That's true. There's no doubt. So, Steve Anderson, you seem to have uh, finished in a fourth position in the national ranking system. In accordance to the prophecy. <laughs> uh, are you happy to be back on team? Traveling team, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm ready for one more go at it. This is probably my last hurrah. Um, pretty, pretty stout. Uh, Lutz, Schaff, Gelenthine, Anderson, pretty stout team. That's that's yeah. got to be one of the more salty teams available to us as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're have, I I think for a lot of us we're. I think it's going to be exciting. We're going to try to be as as uh, as good as we can be. We're going to try to be showmen, and for some of us, we're probably going out with a bang, you know. Whatever that well, means. Yeah, whatever I mean, that it's... means. That 
that's interesting to that's going to make an interesting thing to watch next year <laughs> you better win a lot that's the plan right you got to win a lot hey i'm all for that so please do um, got nothing better to do right 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 um but it'd pre be pretty solid and and you get to travel with uh the wife on the same squad yeah uh possibly shoot some mixed team that'd be pretty cool you know yeah that that would be start practicing 50 meters again too <laughs> that that would be good <laughs> so steve are, are you going to be shooting the 25 meter yes yeah i am i'm looking great forward to that. It's so here's what uh, here's what rod's bringing up it's the 25 meter competition with a quite handsome purse that's been arranged yes at the yeah. ata show of 2022 and uh -huh. um rod tell us a little bit more about that event because we haven't talked about it on the podcast before first sure. explain so, how far away it is because people want to know 25 meters away it's about 26 and a half yards folks <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's it is a different target it's not a 40 centimeter, it's a 60 centimeter vertical three spot or single spot barebow. Um, but uh, it, if you have never shot a 25 meter round, it is an absolute blast. I mean, it honestly is. The target seems huge, except the 10 rings small. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, it's a very, very fun round. And that's exactly what we wanted to do is, is bring some fun and do something different than the uh, 18 meter or 20 yard uh, rounds. And it's been around, to be honest, that uh, the world record has stood for way too long. And I think uh, everybody should be able to take a good shot at that and knocking that off, but it should be fun. It should be a really good time. It's, you know, your same setup basically is what you shoot normally indoor. You just sight in for the 25 and go for it. Um, and you don't just, really uh, need to do much else with it. Just a quick history of this. Uh, 25 and 18 used to be the standard indoor rounds. You'd shoot 25 and then you'd shoot 18. Yeah. Um, and it used to be a world championship round as well. Uh, Petra Erickson, I think, still holds the world record in the women's compound in that category. Uh, and that I goes back almost 30 years. And I think Dave Cousins holds it as you, uh, yeah. I think Dave yeah. Cousins holds it for the, for the men. Now th that record's almost 20 years old. Um, okay. You're looking at uh, an opportunity here. And, and the reason is because it doesn't get shot very often. Italy shoots them mm -hmm. fairly frequently, but other than that, most countries don't shoot them. Um, part of the reason is because venues um, are, you know, it's easy to find a venue where you can shoot 18 meters across a hall, but it's not as easy to find one that's got 25, but ATA yeah. shows in a big convention center. And mm -hmm. so um, this is actually pretty cool that you guys have come up with this thing. Um, yeah. and, and the prize purse is impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people, you know, I've, I've heard the criticism of someone that's like, oh, man, that's, that's really, it's really expensive. And it's like, well, <clears throat> Steve, where do you pay 500 bucks? Pretty much at every event to shoot now as a pro, right? And, but yeah. that's how you're going to get these yeah. prize purses too. Right. If you're going to get 10 grand for first place, seven grand for second, you know, um, five for third and fourth place, three, 
you know, go down to 10 places and still get your money back. So like that's outside of any contingency that would be there. So hopefully, you know, some manufacturers put some good contingency on it. Uh, they show up at the ATA show um, and support that. Um, but yeah, as, as an archer, uh, you know, it's risk for reward. Um, you know, it is more. Now, you know, bare bow and recurve um, prize purses are, are still pretty doggone nice, better than pretty much anything else they're going to find. Um, but their registration is a little bit lower. Um, it's, it's not as, you know, again, the, the prize purse is not as high as the men's and women's uh, compound. No, so, but it's still quite, quite respectable. And at the end of the very day, good. you're talking about another Vegas scale opportunity from the standpoint of, uh, yeah. you know, potential. And I you think know, that's, it's, you know, you're not going to have 3,500 people, but you're going to have, you know, the same quality of show at the end, I think, you know. I would hope, I would hope that the best will be there. Um, so that's the idea. I know Cam's going to do the streaming for it. Um, so that should be fun and, and a good quality production. And so, so all that stuff is good. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, people need to show up, shoot it. So that's it's at the ATA show. Yeah. You can and meet the ATA anybody. show is in, uh, it's in Indianapolis this year or uh, Louisville, Louisville. So Louisville ATA show. And it also gives participants a chance to do something that most people who are, you know, just general public don't have a chance to do just walk around the show floor a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Your entry fee uh, covers a ticket on Sunday for you to walk the show. Um, but only on Sunday. And then you can purchase additional tickets for people that are there with you um, where they can go around the show. Um, but only for, only for Sunday, but yeah, it, it does include that. So that's another plus. And you're right. It is, that is uh, something that a lot of people have always wanted that opportunity to do that. And um they get a chance to do that with this event and that's the only other way that they're going to do it. So um, it's a good thing. I hope uh, people bring their a game and we have a great time and, and fill it up. We've, you know, 298 people is what we can fit total for the event this year when we can always expand it um, to more divisions and other things, um, you know, in future years, but, you know, we wanted to try one first and see how it went. And we thought we'd, we'd start with, uh, an event that is uh, hopefully the premier shooters. Pretty cool stuff. And I, you know, I think uh, we'll have a chance to do a couple of podcasts discussing some of the details uh, as we get closer, but uh, you know, the big thing on the horizon right now, uh, Yankton and we'll all be there. Yes. So Yankton uh, hub. the Yankton hub, the Yankton hub. Yes. I yes. With my voice right now. I could do some voiceovers with you, George. You could. <laughs> The Yankton Hub. <laughs> I think it was back in April when WA asked me to do a voiceover for the promo video for that thing. And they wanted it to be, quote, sinister. And I, I think they got what they asked for. I think those videos are fantastic. Um, quite honestly. I think I actually they're really gave good them, promotional videos. I actually gave them one with a, um, a bit of a British flair to the accent. Uh, they're oh. saving that one as blackmail. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Well, fellas, I just, <laughs> I want to thank you, Rod, once again, for taking the time out of your really busy schedule, especially with Yankton uh, coming in, starting, you're headed to Congress yourself, right? Yes. Yes. So, so I'll yeah, be there for six days. almost three weeks. Yeah. 
and um, oh. and, and <laughs> Steve is Steve is headed there strictly for the tractor competition, right, Steve? Yeah. Um, now that you pulled excited. your proposal off the table, when I well, no, the proposal is still on. I just know that oh. you know it's it's there for visibility, kind of like. Kind of like when that one guy ran as an independent for president all the time in the 90s, Ralph Nader. It's just an, an it's just a visibility play. That's all. Uh, <laughs> no one expects it to go through yet, but in time, our views will be uh, adopted by many and become the norm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I did see the schedule that you shared tractor display which i am very excited about um old car display the next day which i am less excited about but i mean i think it's cool you know people might enjoy that i don't think they'll i don't think they'll i don't think people will appreciate the tractors for what they are that's the one problem the dutch team the dutch team will probably appreciate it and that's about it (laughs) Yeah, probably have yeah. a lot of Dutch farmers in the Yankton area. Um, Very common yeah. place for for farmers here in America to have sold a small farm in the Netherlands for a pile of money, moved over here to the states, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, and bought significant tracts of land and began farming, you know, ten or a hundred x what they were farming in. Netherlands. Yeah, we have a lot of Dutch farmers here in Wisconsin in my area where I'm at. Um, Lots and lots. It's probably why the Wisconsin area has, uh, you know, such a stronghold in the cheese industry as well. Hey. Dutch are big on the cheese. (laughs) It's the grass. It makes for great cheese. Just saying. It's true. (laughs) It actually is. That's what they say. So, but uh, yes, Steve, if I get a chance, when are you, you arriving just for the World Championships or are you going to be there uh, prior to that? Yeah, I think I'll just be there for the final. I'll get in like Thursday. Mm. Well, I can't bring you some fresh, fresh, fresh cheese curds because they won't be squeaky by then. They You'll will be have three gone. weeks old. Yeah. They, will, they will have lost their uh, squeak. So I, I, can't, uh, I can't do that. But if people have never had the experience of true true fresh same day how squeaky um from wisconsin from wisconsin that is correct yeah yeah that is correct not deep fried which is also delicious you know but you know but if you truly oh oh, yeah anyways sorry um you're gonna miss out i can't do that well Well, i I suppose she's go ahead (laughs) You know, I was just going to say cheese will be a nice break from, you know, 16 days straight of steak. <laughs> <laughs> we could only wish for 16 days of steak from Joe I know. I think we would all go broke today if we were going to yeah. have steak for 16 days straight. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Can't do it. Well, I figured, you well, know, maybe we could to talk. Me. Maybe we could talk to Bruce and we could go out deer hunting and, uh, Get some organic uh, free range uh, <laughs> venison. I laugh at the organic part, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So oh. Friday the 24th, the final archery rounds in Yankton. Saturday the 25th, the finals continue. And then, of course, we've got, uh, you know, this big archery fest that'll be going on. Uh, vendor show, steak, food trucks, steak, beer garden, steak, the old iron tractor show, and steak, followed by covered wagon rides. So You're going to disappoint people when they get there and there's not that steak, George. Well, you know, I'm counting on Uber myself because I, I'm I'm going to be willless when I get there. I've got to fly in, um, so oh, you know, there's heard, no rental cars anywhere. So yes, I heard that's pretty uh, pretty stout. Um, the rental cars, partly because there's a PGA event taking place in South Dakota at the same time. That little sport. What do they yeah. do? Yeah, Hold exactly. On. You're counting on Uber in Yankton. I'm counting on Bruce to let me borrow one of his cars is what I'm really counting on. <laughs> borrow a Kubota tractor. Now, that's an interesting yep. thought. George, you, you may be better off actually finding somebody. Uh, where are you flying into? Rapid City? Uh, or? Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Just, you know, find somebody who's selling a car for a thousand bucks and Ooh, uh, just right. buy it. And then just leave the keys in it at the airport and leave. That's not a bad plan. And um, just you know, donate it to cars for kids or something. I don't yeah, know. To be, but... to be honest with you, I was going to drive out to Yankton, but I've got to be in Arizona the next day for, uh, for a competition. And I can't make a 20 hour drive and go directly to competition. That's how mm. it would have to work out. So yeah, I'm, that's why I'm flying. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing with cars and used cars and rental cars it and is. all this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Oh, I, All right. I just well, booked mine while we were on this podcast, so I booked my flight and my car. Well, yeah. you guys were talking about something. Obviously, I was yeah. not paying attention. Yeah, I'm going to be there a little longer than you, though, Steve. I've, I've got yeah. to be there for the entire event, and renting a car at that price, uh, oh, yeah. not worth doing. Not I'm for that serious. Of time. You'd be cheaper to buy one and donate it. You're actually quite right. I mean, I, I might have to have a chat with Bruce about that. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, fellas, I appreciate you all taking the time to join us on the podcast today. Uh, Rod, I uh, think we'll have a chance to talk one more time before Congress yes. starts. And Steve, hope you're feeling better. So we'll. Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. All right. So looking forward to it. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Yep. Take see care, you, guys. Please. Closing thoughts, Steve. No, no, I have no thoughts. That's always the best closing thought.